coming to you from the lab where they talk about guns, gear, training, and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Mike and Big Key, and this is The Gun Experiment. How's it going, everybody, and welcome to The Gun Experiment. This week, Keith and I hang out with members of The Syndicate and discuss purchasing and building a personal range. This episode is brought to you by Target Sports USA, the official ammo sponsor of The Gun Experiment. Be sure to check out their Prime membership, which gets you 8% off, free shipping on all ammo orders, and a whole lot more, all for $95 a year. I also want to remind everyone that we drop new episodes on the second and fourth Tuesday of every month, so be sure to subscribe and share the show with friends. And as always, I cannot get the show started without the big man across the table, my co-host, Big Keith is in the house. Keith, how are we doing? Doing well. Two nights in a row for us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's fun. It's a, it is fun. We uh, we we haven't been shooting though. We got to go out and do that. We what do you think this weekend? Maybe definitely. Yeah, I think we should do like an epic range session. Okay, I definitely want to get in twenty two battleship. Yep, we'll do that for sure. Right. That sounds fun. Okay, very cool. So how's it going? It's going pretty good. Uh, I'm just trying to stay positive and optimistic about the uh, yeah. wonderful gun laws that are uh, fast approaching. Yeah. And uh, hopefully they, uh, hopefully we'll get we'll get a stay here uh, by the time this airs. Hopefully that that'll have been the case. But uh, I'm hoping. I, I know mean, it's it's looking bad, but um, I do think in the end we're going to win. Yeah, I, I just you know I keep, I think I've said this on on a couple of the shows in the past. I'm I'm really just at such a loss of words at at how far they've it's gone. I, so for me, and, I, and I'm just going to leave it at this. But for me. I just really don't appreciate the fact that they couldn't just take the loss and be reasonable. They had to go like above and beyond and doing things they know are not going to hold you know hold water. It's not going to happen. But it's like, you know what? If we can screw with with our citizens in this state, we will screw with them. What's been bothering me most of all is what Joshua said, uh you know, when we, we had, had him on. when we had him on. And he he mentioned he reminded me of the fact that all of this is taxpayer money that's been yeah. spent to get here, and I'm 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 just oh. she doesn't care no yeah no. she doesn't care so anyway right. like yeah, I, like I like I keep saying she wasn't even elected so freaking I don't even know if she even holds any uh, well let's yeah we, November everybody got to get out there buddy yeah Lee uh, Zeldin get like, get yep. behind get behind one guy yeah so anyway I do want to get this thing going uh, just a couple of quick things so. I know there's someone out there listening right now. They like the show. They're one of our regular listeners and they're, they want to support the show. And I always give them a way to do that. And I'm just going to ask for you to obviously subscribe. If you're a fan, you probably already are, but please leave us a five-star review and a comment on Apple. And I know if you're at work right now, you're like, oh, I'll do it later. And then you forget. I know. Cause I do the same thing. All I'm going to say is just please, it does help us out. It helps pause us move up the, the show yes. right now. Pause. Go do it. We'll wait. And go do it. That's right. I'm not going to wait. <laughs> <laughs> but go do it. Do it for us. Come on. You know you love the show. And then help us out. Do a solid. And uh, we're going to get into this interview right now. But before we do, tonight's interview is sponsored by Resurgent Arms. Our buddy Will uh, over at Resurgent Arms, he's good to us. He's, you know, he's fighting the good fight for New Yorkers, California. And they've moved into more of a national space with some of their handguards and stuff. But get 12% off with our discount code, GUNEXPERIMENT12. And go support them. They're a really good company. Anyway, let's get this thing going. Our guests tonight have taken a passion for real estate and firearms and created a unique and interesting brand known simply as the 1911 Syndicate. 
This brand focuses on selling houses to gun enthusiasts, law enforcement, and military personnel, all while creating incredible firearms content on YouTube. Please welcome Jake Dwyer and Chris Blau to the show. Gentlemen, how are we doing? What's up, dude? Doing well. How are you guys? Good, good, good. Uh, pleasure to have you guys on. I appreciate you hanging out with us tonight. Hey, thank for, you guys for the... Is, is Jake on still? Jake, you there? So. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, I can hear Jake. I can hear him. Yeah, he's there. Okay, okay cool. I can hear him. He's he's talking softly like a woman, but... <laughs> get, get a little closer okay. to that mic, Jake. <laughs> okay, cool. so we're going to do this one. Right. right on. How are you guys doing? Thank you again for having us on. We uh, we appreciate being here. No, no worries, man. We're, we're uh, glad to have you guys on. I, I'm a fan of the uh, YouTube channel. I think it's awesome. So, uh, you know, it's it's a pleasure to have this conversation with you. I'm I'm a fan I'm a fan now that I that I we had you guys on and I I, I came across the YouTube channel obviously doing some research for you guys and and I enjoyed uh, the few episodes that I've been watching since we knew you uh, you guys were coming on. Sweet. I went sure, deep into so the uh, I went deep into the catalog too. I went a couple years back on a couple things. Yeah, I did too as well. I wanted to see some of your earlier stuff, but uh, it, it's kind of cool to see the progress you guys have made. So speaking of that, I was gonna say it's it's a drastic change from two years ago. I yeah, agree. I would agree. The, the production is outstanding. I mean, we're going to talk about it at, at some point for I'm sure. sure. In detail, but so you guys have sort of managed to tie your day job, which is real estate, with your passion, which happens to be firearms. So let's start off. Let's talk about that passion first. Um, how did each of you get into the actual shooting community? Where did that start for each of you? How do they How do they decide who goes first? They're big Chris, boys. They can work they, it out. Ladies, ladies always. Ladies always first. <laughs> Son of a bitch, dude. Oh, are we allowed to curse? Yes. Yeah, yeah, you're fine. Oh yeah, yeah. All right. On Tyler's episode, he said fuck a couple times, so we're good. <laughs> yes. Um. Uh. Does also Jake speak up a little bit louder? Speaking of women, next time you talk. Um. Really? Am I? Am I actually quiet? Yeah, yeah you really are. You, you are. Now you're not. Yeah. Now you're good. Okay. Yep. Okay. So let's see here. Jake and I jokingly. You know, I'm I'm a former dog trainer. Anything from average obedience to uh, I trained a lot of dogs back in the day for um, people with disabilities. You know, service dogs for veterans. Oh, that's cool. uh, had a great job and career doing that. Did some really cool stuff, um, and then kind of got done with that right around similar time frame as Jake was done with his kind of previous career, and uh, he had launched the syndicate in Utah, and we've been buddies for quite some time, and. Uh, you know, just I, I saw what he was doing. We shoot together anyways. We train together. Uh, I had worked on and off in the gun industry for a little bit before then, just working at local gun stores and uh, got my license here in Arizona. Jake's up in Utah and just kind of hit the ground running with it. Um, Chris, were you always into guns? Were you into guns as like a kid? Yeah. Yeah. So sorry. You know, roundabout way of answering your, your we, question. We wanted the re- we I, wanted the red wagon story. No, cool. I'm yeah. just kidding. Yeah, I. Dude, I think I'm not joking. Uh, my dad is a gun nut. He is obsessed with guns, probably more than anyone I know. He loves them. And so I'm not joking. The first time I shot a gun, I was probably, whew, it was a church like camping trip, probably like four or five years old. Wow. And um, hooked ever since. And funny, I remember it pretty clearly because I went from a BB gun to at this this thing shooting a like 44 Magnum. Whoa! But he obviously held my hands as an adult and yeah. shot it with. Yeah, me, yeah. right. Yeah. But um, ever since then, dude, like we would always go shoot, you know, father son stuff, shooting 22s, duck hunting, stuff like that. 
And I really started as an adult getting into guns, probably early 20s, uh, 21, 22. You know, you're starting life, move out, start making some money. Still broke in college, but started training and dipping my toes into training and carrying concealed in a responsible way. And um, now fast forward, you know, I'm 34 now. Got I have three different jobs kind of in the gun business and um, gun industry, I guess. And uh, yeah, that's me. Hmm. What about you, Jake? Yeah, what about you, Jake? Mm, what like kind of kind of was I always into guns? Yeah. Yes, I would say I you know I got I inherited from a dead grandparent uh, a twenty two you know little Western revolver and like a single shot twenty two rifle when I was probably like ten or something like that. So that was I mean that and you know BB guns probably my first exposure. But I would say I had a long gap from. Th- that time as like a little redneck kid uh, to really getting into it a, right around a decade ago, yeah, probably, probably 11, 12 years ago now is when I really started getting into it and going, hey, this is interesting. It's cool. It's it's way harder than it looks. And I've been into it ever since then. But yeah, I would say I was damn near probably 28 when I really started like shooting, not like being like, you know, oh, yeah, guns are cool from movies, but like started shooting and getting into it. Yeah. So now uh, you sort of explained that you guys knew each other for a while and Jake, you created the syndicate. What made you decide to combine that with your real estate business? Where did that come from? So it's a, it's a weird thing. And I almost, I, I, I struggle with whenever, uh, like I was just traveling and, and, you know, a couple of people were like, Oh, what do you do? And I'm like, bro, I don't know how to tell you what I do. Like <laughs> I sell shit. It's, like, yeah. I don't know. That's exactly <laughs> like the I, words that I was thinking. Like, I don't know. Like, it's it's too long-winded to try to describe it anymore. So what happened was I, I, I moved to I, – I used to live in Southern California, moved out to Utah a handful of years ago looking for a new career. Um, I, like every other asshole with, like, a, you know, crisis, decides to get their real estate license. I'm sitting in a training on, like, day one <laughs> after I get my license, and it's around Thanksgiving, and they're like, oh, well, make sure you send out your, like – how to make the perfect fucking mashed potato recipe to your to your friends and family and i'm like for Fuck real that. like <laughs> that's how you guys do this shit like no like i'm i'm not do i'll either quit or do it some different way so i basically like pieced out from i'm like the black sheep in the real estate world like i don't follow anything that anyone does i don't do what you're supposed to do like i i just you know just shit on the entire industry basically so i was like look all my friends are like military law enforcement shooters you know guys like that and like i'm just gonna find a way to market to that people and just try to work with people that i like so to be honest starting content was purely a means to sell real estate there there was no intent to actually really build content and build any sort of like secondary business with it. It was just a sales funnel. That that's all it was designed sure. to be. Yeah. I get and it turned into this. Yep. Yeah. And now like it's, it's shifted. I, I mean, I'll be honest, pretty dramatically where it's like, look, most of my, all of my enthusiasm is behind the content side of it. And it right, has yeah. nothing to do with real estate. Like real estate is simply a day gig that helps pay some of the bills. It's not fun. It sucks. Yeah. It yeah. sucks. Well, it's, it's funny because uh, the model's interesting, you know, and I, and I, and I get it. Like it's everybody, like your day job is your day job, but like your, your side hustle. I want to talk to them about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We we were interested. Yeah. I thought it was, I thought it was a cool twist, you know, but where you guys are at, you probably have a pretty good source of people who that, that niche works well with. 
I'm curious if New York, if it would even be close to working. I, I mean, we're like out here, you don't even talk about guns. You know, it's like yeah. everyone's it's like closeted, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. We've got an NYPD client right now. Do you? Yeah, I'm, I, I'm sure you have some of the, we, we have a friend of ours that, that is, is in the NYPD and we were talking to him the other day and they're down like 20 something percent. People are just retiring yep. like crazy. And, and I'm sure That's people are moving guy. Utah and Arizona. Our client, same boat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what it is? You would you would corner the market on those people is what would happen. What well, it's it's a great yep. idea. It's right? a nice, it's a, look. It's a nice thought, but it, it doesn't translate uh, as well as you might imagine. Because the truth is, the only effort I put into marketing the real estate side is a ten second pitch inside of YouTube videos. That's it. I, I apply zero marketing attempt to the business outside of that. So yep. I would be delusional to think that it's going to be a giant like real estate business based on a very, very quick pitch inside of videos to a very niche audience. Like I'm not, you know, I'm highly flawed, but I'm not an idiot. So I'm like, I know there's limited potential with it because I don't truly apply myself to it. Like it's not what I'm passionate about. It's a day job that just balances out everything until I can get to the point where I turn it over to someone else and just produce content full time. Well, you, you give, you give a, a knife to every, everybody that you, you close with um, Damn, you guys do research. Wow. And, yeah, good job, gentlemen. And, yeah, the the other thing. So, but, well, I well, I God, wanted you, to, I, and Mike, I don't remember if you had if you and I talked about that. I, I apologize, but you stole it, my it, question, but it's okay. I, you well, you know, it. listen, I steal shit from you all the time. I don't have to tell you, it's not stealing <laughs> ammo mostly. It's, it's, it's not stealing when we're friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I guess m- the point that I was trying to make is you're saying you don't really market things, but that's like that's a cool thing that not a lot of real estate people are doing. So. Does that get no. you more business? Does that like people like must be like, listen, go call this guy. I got a cool last knife when I closed with them. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think to a degree. Yeah, I, I think the gun community as an overly broad statement likes to support people that are within their community. It's a pretty like kind of tight knit group that somehow is very good at tearing themselves apart, but that's a different story. But <laughs> yeah. they like to support other businesses that are like two way friendly. So, uh, I mean, of course we fall into that category. I've had some people be like, dude, like I literally wanted to buy a house with you guys for the, for the knife. And like, we, we yeah. do, we've got a couple different ones that we do. And you know, it, it is a cool thing to me. It's important. Cause I'm like, look, there's a dime a dozen amount of real estate agents out there. You can pick anyone that you want. And I'm not really offended by that, but this is a small way for us to say, thank you. Like, I know you could have done a lot of different things. It's a part of the real estate side of the business that makes it fun for me where I'm like, this is a cool thing. Like, I mean, we've had blades. um, We had a guy uh, in the military that's in, you know, kind of a cool team, like he, you know, he took his up to the Arctic circle and, and sent me a photo of it. I'm nah, like, that's, that's cool. cool. <laughs> like, that's, that's cool. cool. Yeah. So Keith, Keith actually did steal my question, but that's okay. I, I actually, uh, was going to talk about how one of the things you do that's really cool is you had offered like, um, CQB training. And I love the way you guys phrased it was like, you have a house now you have to know how to like clear rooms and, and sort of protect your castle, so <laughs> yeah. to speak. I think that's really cool. I going back to the knife really quick. Is it true that I hear somewhere that you actually like measure their hand for like like a custom fit to the the scales <laughs> and stuff? Yeah, there's two main ones that we do. One of them's that uh, the the new one that we actually just went through our first batch of is, is a kukri, so it's more of a survival slash originally designed as a, a combatives tool. But um, that there's no no need to fit like that's a standard footprint. Um, but the EDC knives that have a ring like a karambit would. 
those we, we get everyone if they're local it, it's really easy if they're long distance then they have to like put a you know measuring tape by their hand and like show dimensions of their hand that way the the ring and like the palm swells and everything wind up getting matched to their hand so like when, when you get one of those blades it, it it is made for you and like they're they're all forged blades like you know our bladesmith is 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 fucking awesome and like we've got some projects we're working on with him right now but it's like yeah those are all handmade knives for the end user that's really cool and i have to imagine just in the conversation we're having and just my initial gut reaction was it has to be hard for you to just cater to this crowd we're talking about so i'm, I'm sure you take other clients who aren't gun community folk but it's gotta be a whole lot more fun dealing with the people take, who are correct yeah, and maybe they don't take the knife <laughs> yeah honestly it, man it, it's so so rare that we have someone that uses us for real estate that didn't come through content i can't sure like, it, yeah wow really? like it's highly uncommon <laughs> like crazy. almost everyone they know exactly what they're getting into it well you know i think and it's funny that you described that you didn't really think that that was really going to happen and that is what happened yeah, like I mean, I used to do some like fairly niche marketing back in the day, and just you know, separate separate careers, separate era of, of life. So it's like I kind of most of my strategy in my working career has been like, cool. What does everyone else do? Let me do the opposite of that. And yeah. there's pros and cons to that. I mean, the con is, hey, you're the first one doing it, so there's no there's no template to follow. Like right. you're gonna have all the failures, and hopefully, in the long run, have the success. But it's like you're going to take some things along the, along the way, you know? So, and that's, and for sure, that's still where we are. It's like, Hey, the syndicate's still, it's still a startup. It's still a small business. It's not like a giant thing. It's like, Hey, we're, we're still figuring it out. I have another question for you, Chris, you know, obviously you've got a lot more experience in, uh, you know, in shooting over the years than, than Jake does. So Jake, has there been anything that Chris has shown you shooting wise that you are like, Oh my God, how did I miss this all these years? Bro, nope, he's not going to admit to that. Never, never once, once he's not going to admit to that. <laughs> you lying son of a bitch. All right, Chris, well, what do no. you think it is? Uh, Well, first off, he's left-handed, so everything I, he does is wrong anyways. <laughs> yeah, goofy. So it's goofy, right? I was watching him shoot a couple guns. I was like, that looks that looks totally wrong. Yeah. I, I, I mean, hold on. Can I stop you guys really quick about left-handers? You guys know, um, what's his name? Is it Aaron Cohen from Stage Dynamics? Yeah. So I yeah, was I watching I was watching a video today. Uh, it had to do with some of the research I was doing for the show. And I believe he's left-handed. And I was watching yeah, him is. shoot. And yep. to show you how foreign left-handed shooting is, I'm watching him. I'm going, wait, why is his thumb over there? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, left-handed is just bonkers to me, which is weird because I actually write left-handed. I just I do left-handed nothing else also. left-handed. Yeah, me, I'm the same. So, Chris, the, him yeah. being left-handed, obviously, that's the first thing that's wrong. But what what do you think that you've shown him that is that he won't admit is cool? Um. So, you know, caveat to that is Jake is probably... Uh, I don't know. I'm creeping up there. I've been working my tail off, but for a long time, he was the, uh, he was the better pistol shooter out of the two of us. And he would admit that he has admitted it. Um, it's on YouTube somewhere. I promise. <laughs> and, uh, my favorite thing to train is rifle. I've taken, I don't know, probably 10 times more rifle training classes from instructors than pistol. So I don't know if I've ever showed him anything, but like, you know, we might may have been out shooting and, you know, since I just came back from a rifle class or something, I'd be like, oh, hey, I was showing this or I was showing that. And like he may or may not have taken it into his uh, 
his little toolbox there. Uh, he won't admit it again just because he is who he is. But uh, <laughs> we met at a training course actually originally. Okay. And the whole time I shot so well, he avoided me. And then the last day asked me for my phone number, asked me if he if we could be friends and hang out. It was really awkward, but you know, I now gave him my phone number and here out. we are like eight years later, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well nice. I, this guy's jaw was on the floor when he saw me shoot in that class. You're a liar. <laughs> Dude, he lived in California at the time, so anything he showed me had a bullet button on it and ten round mags. So I'm like, you're you're null and void. I, I actually live in a free state, so yeah. Well, the statute of limitations has expired, so you yeah. know that that story's bullshit. <laughs> Jake, I know you were you you had no prior military experience, correct? Mm-mm. Chris, do you? No, no, no. Which is a a funny little thing with this is because you know we do all the shooting and training, and we've had some former you know uh, military guys on special operations guys and. Uh, you know, in the beginning, we would get a little bit of hate. Like, these guys didn't even serve. What do they know? Right. Yeah, dude. In every video I say, I didn't serve. I play dress up in the desert, and I right. suck at shooting. So I, will, I, I was going to say, I mean, first off, Chris, uh, you have a serious tactical beard going on. Oh, yeah. And Jake, you have some serious uh, tactical tats. So, I mean, you guys must fool some people, I'm sure. Yeah, it's, I mean... You know, I, I, I get it a little more than Jake does just because, you know, I'm 6'4". I have shoulder length hair. I have my beard. I cut two inches off today, but you couldn't tell. Um, <laughs> it's probably about, I don't know, eight or nine inches long at this point. And, you know, covered tattoos. Like, obviously, that's part of military culture. I also just like long hair, beards, and tattoos. I'm yeah. sorry. It is what it is. But yeah. uh, when I travel, especially for filming to the syndicate, I fly once a, once a month up to Utah to film. I live in Arizona. Okay. And, you know, looking the way I do, Kane, I have a Pelican full of guns going through the airport. Like many times people are like, hey, what do you do? You know, like the, the <laughs> ticket agent. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm a real estate agent. And they're like, oh, yeah, sure. Wink, wink. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like no, you no, got a double seven status going they're... on here. You could be, you know, you could be hanging out with flight attendants. I, I hope you, I don't know if you're married. I <laughs> I am. Oh, yep. no flight attendants for you then. <laughs> yeah. Happily married. But uh, it's hilarious because, dude, they do not believe me. I'm like, no, no, seriously, I'm a real estate agent. And they're like, yeah, that's what someone in the it's CIA the greatest, would say. And I'm like, yeah. dude, I'm not in the CIA. I sell houses. <laughs> it's and the greatest like, exactly. story ever, though, but that you won't be looked at for the rest of the flight. You're going to yeah. they're going to actually feel safer with you on there. Unless shit goes down and then you're like, fuck, I really am a real estate agent. <laughs> <laughs> exactly that's the downside is if if shit hits the fan they're gonna look to me and i'm gonna be like, I'm like everything's Dude. under the plane <laughs> yeah i'm a pussy man i'm sorry i can't help <laughs> so i watched uh, one of the episodes of your youtube channel that i watched was uh the 1911 buyer's guide <clears throat> and uh um, oh, that's an oldie it's an yeah, oldie. An oldie it was an oldie there, yeah. I-, I went to it because i'm i'm waiting on my first 1911 to come back and uh mm, right. I-, I went big boy i went right to a Nighthawk, I'm 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 waiting. Oh shit! I'm waiting for wow. it, I'm waiting for it to come back with the iOS system. I had I sent it back to have that put on. And, oh yeah, good uh, move. I, yeah, I think so. You well, I also watched the episode where you recently you did with the Firehawk, and mm-hmm. I, you know, one. I guess do you think I went too big for my first one? And you know, do you really like that iOS system as much as you should? You okay, do? I actually do have thoughts on that. So. Yes, the iOS is is fantastic. I, I had a dude um, that watched the channel. He sent me a, a message the other day, and he was like, "Hey, I'm um, looking at these, you know, 
different optic systems. Like, is who has the best one? I was like, dude, hands down, iOS is, is the best <laughs> optic system for 1911s. Yeah. Um, on the other question, though, it's a little bit more loaded. So I am a little bit of the belief to. I like sort of fat slow 45s, up. Jake. All right. I, I, I have another 45. I love 45s. I've shot them for a long time. So take that in consideration. But you don't have a 1911. I do not have a 1911. This is my first 1911. Yeah, I would. Pre- if if Jake ruled the world, I would say, look, start with a baseline production gun to at least understand the platform a little bit and just kind of see what the starting point is like. Yep. That way, when you get to the high end shit, you're really going to appreciate it. Um, it's, it's like if you didn't own a car and you went straight to like a McLaren or something, you would be like, oh, that's just what cars are. And you're like, no, 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 no. Cars are like Honda Accords. Like you just, you missed that whole phase. So there's something fun about kind of building yourself up to the point where you get to a Nighthawk and you're like, oh shit. Like I get it, man. This thing's awesome. Well, we we had, that's a good analogy. Actually, his car analogy, because even though like, I mean, everybody wants like a, like a boiler car, right? Yeah. But like you sort of reminisce about your first shipbox car. Everybody, oh, yeah. everybody reminisces 100%. about their shipbox car. Yeah. But I, the only, the only thing that I guess there is I have, a, you know, I, I'm sort of more like you, Jake. Like I, I, there were guns around me growing up and things, but I didn't really get into them until my twenties. And, but I, but since then, and a, a, with the help of this podcast, I've, I've grown pretty quickly in my experiences. Do you sure. tell your wife it's my fault? <laughs> I tell my wife it's your fault all the time. Smart and, man. Uh, you know, uh, I traded a few things for this Nighthawk. Maybe, yeah. kind of. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, uh, anyway, uh, I, where was I going with this? Is that I think I am, a, I think I know what I'm getting into as far as the appreciation of it. Um, Look, uh, you're gonna love it. There, there's no doubt that you're gonna well, love we it. Had the only thing on, you're missing is the comparison point. We had them on the show. I've shot a couple other 1911s, but when I first got my hands on one, um, that that particular episode, we had a friend of ours who owns a shop that sells Nighthawks come in, and he brought a few Nighthawks with him for us to like have while we were you know recording the show, and. Everything you said in your podcast and your uh, YouTube video is exactly what I felt on the podcast was mm-hmm. to be able to see it so tight and the lines come together so well. You know, yeah. it. I'm I'm super excited about it. I'm I actually am disappointed that it's it's taken longer to get back with the iOS than it did to get added on my permit in New York. Usually that takes like <laughs> eight weeks, and I got it back in two. <clears throat> um, so I, I'm just so excited to get it, and I, I'm I'm happy to hear that you guys really were a big fan of that iOS system, like like I was. While we're on this hey, topic of 1911, for, for what it's worth, sorry, sorry, I didn't mean That's to cut right. you off. For, for, I was going to say, for what it's worth, I personally have a Nighthawk on order right now. Like, oh, not a not a free gun, we're, nothing. No, like literally with paid with my own money. Yep, a Nighthawk on order with an iOS. We're going to have to see if the same gunsmith built it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's got his. It's it's on the paperwork. <laughs> it's like six of them. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I have you seen their workstations? Like the way that they're all mm-hmm. uh, that. It's, yeah, it's amazing. It's so while so we're on this topic of 1911s, I actually am curious where. Why did you choose the name 1911 Syndicate? I love the I love the logo. I love the name. Um, but what made you choose that? One one real quick thing. We got to come back to the original question because I got a rebuttal for Jake. Oh yeah, oh. thank you. Go ahead, Jake. How'd you get the name, question? homie? Oh, um, 
so I, I was a 1911 guy prior to to starting the you know the the syndicate channel. So that that was always a thing for me. I was mostly into Colts, and um, you know I'd had a night I had a Nighthawk at that time. But um, so I was a 1911 guy. So I just like I, I consulted a buddy of mine who he was kind of a big wig back in like New York advertising, and I was just like, look, man, I'm starting this thing. It's gonna kind of tie into like guns, but also real estate. I'm like do I need to get like super lame with this shit and call it like gun guy realty? And he was like, nah, dude, he's like, he's like, keep it broad, do whatever the fuck you want to do. And I was like, cool, I'm going to go totally in the opposite direction from what people would expect. And like, I, I don't remember how I got to 1911 syndicate, but I usually, when I'm in like creative space, I start like using the, the, thesaurus tool and i'm like what's like another term for like a gang and like you know eventually you come across syndicate and i'm like that's got a nice little buzz to it and there you go that's cool yeah it's cool i i appreciate the process because anytime i've ever done a like a side hustle or a side project or a pet project i i have a pad of paper and i just start writing down words and i go to a thesaurus same same exact process so i can genuinely uh, appreciate that so chris go ahead you got the mic you wanted to bring something up yeah so now I understand the whole like work your way up, you know, because you basically bought the Lamborghini, whatever the high end car is. Right. My first AR style rifle was a Knight's Armament. (laughs) So, you know, that same thing, the Ferrari of ARs. I just was ready for it, Chris. You know what I mean? Like I just like I said, I I've been progressively escalating. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so. There, there is an argument like, oh, you won't appreciate the other guns. Look, my first AR was a Knight's Armament, man. Yeah. And now, you know, fast forward 10, 12, 14 years from then, I've shot a whole host of guns. I don't have that gun anymore. Whatever. I mean, I'm going to run. I still appreciate driving the Ferrari, my man. I'm like, gonna, it is awesome. I'm going to run it. Great I- choice. And Jake is wrong. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm <laughs> glad. I'm glad you said that. Jake, you're wrong. I'm going to run it. Uh, I want to I want to shoot some uh, USPSA with it. You could and, also make the argument that like if you spend, you know, a thousand dollars on like a so 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 one. I mean, you can have cheaper than that, but you just wasted a thousand bucks that you could have put towards the Nighthawk. So you can yeah, make that argument, yeah. too. You know, and I don't I don't they're really, all valid arguments. Mm-hmm, I, yeah. I don't actually disagree with anything that's said there. I have a, some sort of weird, um, you know, purist side to me that likes working myself Work towards a goal. Yeah like, yeah. like, like I'm willing to be miserable for a little bit in order to get like the big goal. Like it's yep. just historically who I am as a human being. Like I'm comfortable in misery to get something that I want. So that's, that's no, that where I'm coming too. from. Like I have, I look at it like this S- fucking spoiler alert here, but um, like I have an infinity 2011 on order and a lot of people won't even know what infinity is. Keith, you, you might just from competition world, but in, infinity's like the Mecca. Like, I mean, it's like the Mecca of pistols. Like it doesn't really get any better than that. And I've started writing some of that video and in it, I, I just sort of make that analogy of like, look, if someone was getting into whiskey or like, I'm like, I'm a whiskey guy, like don't start with a bottle of Pappy because you're not going to know what the fuck you have. Like start with a bottle of shitty Jim Beam and go, this sucks. I wonder if it could get a little bit better. And then you get a bottle of Jefferson's. Eventually you get to that Mecca bottle where you're like, God damn, man, that's how good life can be. You could argue that Pappy is really not even worth the price tag. I mean, it isn't. Yeah, it's not. It isn't. It's a collector's item. Exactly. exactly. (laughs) So I saw a video about your EDC pistol. And at the time, I don't know if it still is, but at the time it was a P365XL. 
Uh, not sure if that still is, but for me, yeah, that's well, I'm, yeah, yeah. For me, primarily, I'd say eighty percent of the time, yeah, Excel's. Okay. So I mean, Excel's it's a cool. it's a great platform. Uh, Keith and I both have them and carry them. But lately, so I'm a I'm a notorious like tactical polymer guy. Like I I don't really. Keith's more, we make fun of him. He's a FUD, you know, like I, I'm not that at all. I'm a shotgun guy. I don't want anything wood in my, in my, uh, gun. Wait, 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 wait. you're a shotgun guy. I I love shotgun. I love shooting. Uh, I love shooting trap, uh, trap and ski. I, I, those are probably my two, two most favorite, favorite shooting competitions to do. Yeah. All right, Elmer. I know, I know I can't help it, but I just, there's something about avoiding shrapnel on a skeet range that just, I get excited about. <laughs> and lately, <laughs> lately I've been looking at shotguns, but they're not the same shotguns he looks at. Like no, we look at total- I, I, well, I would, I, I want to, I want something like that too, to shoot three gun. You just want a lot of guns. That's I, fair. Well, that's true. That so works. anyway, what my question is, so lately I've been sort of going down the rabbit hole a bit and maybe it's because Keith got this like nice, like baller gun that he's about to get. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like starting to look into 2011, like staccatos in particular and they've been sort of turning my head a bit. And so for me, it would be like the Cicado, like the C2 kind of gets me, kind of gets me going a bit. Um, mm-hmm. my, but my problem is, is in terms of like carry, I, I worry about the idea of like throwing a manual safety. You know, like I've, 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 I've definitely like seen a lot of stuff that says like in shit hit the fan moments, you know, guys often just fucking shit the bed they just forget you know so i'm just curious because you've shot a lot of uh 2011s i believe staccatos in particular as well and 1911 so i just want your your feedback and opinions on carrying those type of weapons for uh defense so, purposes yeah I, i'll i'll yeah and then chris can chime in so i a hundred percent nothing you need to be worried well let, let me preface with this i have never shot anyone i've never been in a gunfight okay there you go. There's my preface. Um, it's nothing you need to worry about as long as you train. If yeah. if you were someone that doesn't shoot, then I would say when my buddies come to me, people that I know, as we all do when you're gun guys and like a shooting happens and now your buddy wants to get a pistol to finally like prepare you know, yeah. himself. I almost always tell them to get a, a striker fire gun like, hey, go get a Glock 19. Ca- call it a day. Um if people are going to train and put in time and energy and effort into training, then, Hey, a 2011, 1911 is a fantastic platform, but you have to train to it. So given that the majority, I mean, the majority of my personal like shooting time is spent on that platform. It is a non issue. Like I don't think about, I literally do not think about taking a safety on and off. It's a non-conscious thought. It just happens. I understand that muscles do not have memory, because they don't have a fucking brain. You have a brain and that controls your muscles. But the concept, if you will, of muscle memory is a real thing. If you are Definitely. trained on a thing, taking off a safety on an AK or an AR or an MP5 slap once you've reloaded a, or an MP5, like it's a non-conscious thought process. You're going to do it. I mean, Keith, Keith and I have talked about this before. Like, you know, if you keep your wallet in your right-hand pocket and your keys in your left-hand pocket... And for whatever reason, you put your wallet in your back pocket, you're damn well going to reach for that front pocket. That just happens, mm-hmm. right? Because you've done it so many times. So muscle memory definitely is a real thing. I, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and all, all, you know, my little end to it for what it's worth. Um, never been in a gunfight. Never been in a shooting. Heaven forbid that ever happens. I don't wish that on anyone. Having said that, like Jake and I get a train and work with some cool guys and we've done a lot of training and 
you know, a bunch of those cool guys in their careers carried 1911 sometimes. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm not saying that that's a great data point, but it is something to consider. Like I went from shooting 1911s at first to Glock only for about a decade. I sold everything and just bought like six different models of Glock. Wow. And then about and- Jake, what was that? Like a year ago, I picked up that staccato. Yeah. Yep. 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 Right about a year ago, I picked up my first 2011, the P. So it's the full size version. And, um, you know, I thought I'd like it. And when I say staunch Glock, like, I mean, you can ask Jake Glock was my thing. It's the only gun I'd ever own. Uh, you know, and you're they, giving me a hard time about liking shotguns. I at least, I at least you Brownings. Oh <laughs> 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 man. Elmer, it, you're not helping your case. <laughs> you're not helping your case. But um, now as a staccato shooter and 2011 guy, uh, thanks to Jake in part, I will give him a little credit. Dude, it, you know, even if crap hits the fan, I used to say I'm still taking a Glock. Man, I might be off on that, dude. I love that staccato so much. I, you know, I'm looking at getting another one. So I, I think with the training, having not, you know, carried for, I carried a Glock for a decade. So having carried a gun that didn't have a thumb safety for 10 years to then transitioning to this dude, it's, it's been seamless. It's a non-issue. If you train enough and dry fire enough, dry fire is important, right? I hate dry firing, but it is important. Um, You just muscle memory. Remember to uh, turn that thing off. It's a non-issue. Now hearing that from you is, is, is nice because that to go from a Glock to that says that it's doable. And and we're committed to, we're committed to training. So, you know, we, we we agree with you guys, you know, you need to be professional with your firearm and, and you need to practice with it. So we're going to, I know when I get when I get this thing, that's the first thing I'm going to do is is, uh, you know, I'm probably going to reach out to on site and find out when when the next training class that we can go with them. And I I think just a, a, a basic skill builder to start would be a good thing. Those are, sure. like you know, agreed entry level, mm-hmm. entry level things uh, yep. and get comfortable with that platform. Not that, you know, I can't shoot something more more competitive. Um, uh, real quick, are you getting a optic cut one? Yeah, yeah, I sent I okay. I, I actually had it in my hand and I was debating, you know, once it was in my hand I was like, "Oh man, I, I the only thing it was missing was the iOS." And I said, "No, nah, I'm I'm going to I'm spending the money. I'm going to send it back. I'm going to have the iOS put in." So, I just sent it right back immediately back and and had that put on. And it's sh- I'm hoping it's back soon. It's been like, Mike, I don't know what three months. Long. Yeah, it's been a long time. I so. meant the the staccato. If you pick one up, oh, oh no. you're talking oh. to Mike. I'm oh, sorry. I'm, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. On, sorry. Sorry. Should have clarified. Yeah, no, I'm Team Red Dot. All I we just got yeah. into Red Dots, both of us, and I will never go back to yeah, Iron me Sights. Me I love it. Right, <laughs> yeah. man. I went. I made me instantly Red a better Dots. shooter. Instantly a better shooter. Like I'm, I'm not a great shooter, mm-hmm. and that made me so much better quickly. Oh, it's it's cheating and you know i'm saying that you know in a joking way but like your barrier and your learning curve to you know is a little high with that originally but once you start getting the fundamentals down proper presentation like uh, people nowadays (laughs) fight against red dots on pistols man silly silly yeah it's silly technology progresses and not a trump card but if dudes in the military that actually deploy stuff are, are doing it like yeah, chances are that thing's been battle proven, tested, and has you know kind of shown that you can bet your life on it. So I don't know. 
Yep. Agreed. Totally agree. So do you do you guys think that you would be having the momentum that you're having and the success that you're having if your two personalities weren't so competitive? Huh. Wow. Huh. Good question. Oh, wait, that's so a, that's a good one. Jeez. I tease Jake a lot. Um, you know, we tease each other a decent amount, but like in all reality, I joke that Jake is my work wife because I live with him <laughs> for one week out of the month every month, right? Um, I stay at his place when we come up to film and funny enough over the last probably six months, Jake and I have realized that his personality and my wife's personality are incredibly similar. Oh. <laughs> um, so Jake, you really are like a girl. Well, hundred percent, but a dominant one. <laughs> Beautiful. But, uh, to the point where like, you know, we all have our little idiosyncrasies and little things that we do. And like mine is I, I guess I drink water aggressively and it <laughs> pisses off my wife. The other day we're what Jake and I, again, being a married yep. couple, we're watching 90 day fiance together when I was up there. Okay. And uh, I was drinking water and he's like, you know, I was going to try and be nice and be a good host, but the way you're drinking water is pissing me off. And I'm like, <laughs> Okay. Or no, no, you didn't say that. You're like, I wanted to tell you it's pissing me off, but I'm going to be nice. And I'm like, well, you told me that it's pissing you off. So no, yeah, you and my wife can kick rocks, bro. How about that? (laughs) What do you just drink it? Like gulp it? Yes. It's loud. Disgusting. (laughs) So again, something insignificant like that. He's a big man. He's He's trying to be efficient. He's trying to get it done as quickly as possible. True, Just but also sip that- it gently throughout the course of the day. Stay hydrated. I mean, you haven't heard he's a CIA operative. Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't do gentle. Dude, which, you know, this funny little thing is something that only a spouse would get annoyed with. Right. Well, Jake being my business partner slash best friend slash married work wife gets annoyed by my drinking. So I don't know. It's hilarious. Our Our, our relationship and. The personalities on camera, I think for us, for me, a, a giant compliment is when people are like, man, your guys' banter is great. And like you guys rib each other and give each other a hard time. And like, dude, it's just our personalities. Like if I tease yeah. you, it means I like you. Well, uh, it's it's honestly what what one I wanted to say following up to, to you guys answering the question was that you can see that in, in your videos. And I, I, I it's it's entertaining. And uh, I think you're I think you're hitting it right on the head. Yeah. Thank well, you, like, have you ever seen like I've seen whether it's shows, podcasts, YouTube channels, whatever it is, where these two people that really don't know each other have agreed to become partners on this thing. And you can tell like you yeah. can tell. Oh, yeah. You know, like, it happens in podcasting, like, too. Yeah, 100 percent. Right. It's a strategic decision to start some sort of, you know, thing. Yeah. And it's like that was never the case for us. I mean, me and Chris had known each other for years prior to ever being in a video together. So it was kind of like, well, we already know each other. And, and I mean, I can say, I mean, very much like inside of our, our little channel, we do not disguise who we are. Like we genuinely go out there and we talk the way we talk, which prevents us from growing at a certain uh, rate because we choose that, Hey, we cuss on our channel. We, say offensive sh- well, maybe not offensive but like you know we're, we're crude if you will you're real much you're real culture. That's yeah it's just like let's just go be who we are like i have zero interest in trying to disguise who i am as a human being like i'm, I'm not interested in that 
Yeah. yeah. It's funny because uh, you say about like that, like camaraderie and that sort of natural fit. And I'm just saying this the other day we were on the show and Keith was sort of like having trouble getting across what he was trying to say. And I just went, yeah, no, we're going to do that. And he was like, you speak Keith all of a sudden. I'm like, yeah, I, I know what you're thinking before you even say it, you yeah. know? So I yeah. get it, you know, yep. but speaking of that natural, that fit that you guys have, I, I really mean this. I'm a big fan of the, of the channel. I have been following you guys for quite a while before I decided to reach out to you. And, Thanks, um, man. I, yeah, so, I, I actually really appreciate that by the way. Like, yeah, cause I assume that no one ever watches our shit. Like we just make <laughs> it for our own entertainment. So it's yeah. cool. When people <laughs> no, it, it's good. It's very high production value. I, I really appreciate doing this. I know what kind of work goes in behind the scenes and you got people that are yeah. like, Oh man, they just turn on a camera and they just film it. And, and it's like, no, they put a lot <laughs> of time behind the scenes. So, so here we go. So on the level, be honest here. Is yeah. being a YouTube celebrity as glamorous as it seems? <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. Um, you would have to ask a YouTube celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, ser serious question. So, because I'm sure it's as glamorous as being uh, a podcast host. So <laughs> yeah. can you tell us and, our, and the listeners, what is it like reviewing gear as a YouTuber? Because that's a whole, I mean, like we deal with it a bit and that's a whole thing unto itself. Jake, if you want to go and then I'll add my two cents or how do you All right, do I'll, I'll chime in. So here, here's what it, we could spend an hour just on this. So I won't, <laughs> I'll give you a cliff notes version. So there is a, the gun industry is really, oh man, it's a fucking, it, it, it's a very, very tricky place. Okay. Like you have to. If you start something, let's just say someone was listening to this and they're like, I'm interested in being a quote gun tuber. Okay, cool. Great. Here's how it's going to go. You're going to start off talking about personal things that you own. Like you need to fill up six months worth of content on literally shit that you have like in your safe. Talk about all that kind of shit for six months. Then you're going to basically beg companies to send you something on loan that you know is going back at the end of that. All the all this time, you're trying to just grow little bit by little bit, subscriber by subscriber to get to like a thousand, couple thousand, three thousand subscribers, right? Eventually, you might have a company who's like, you know what, we'll give you a shot, right? And then you might start like having a little bit more in the way of doors that that start to open up. Eventually, you could get to the place, big picture, right, where you you pay your bills and you actually have a business inside of creating gun content. The process to get there, ninety five percent of people are going to quit. Who, at who what point wanted to take that on? What point? At do you what think point they quit? within the yeah. first six months? Yeah, when they're when they're like, I'm running out of stuff to review of my own stuff, right? And depending on how you do things, when you run out of money, yeah, like yeah, that's, I, that's the truth. I, I mean, I have well, to if say, I keep buying Nighthawks, that's going to be a problem. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so I've said this before in the show. I mean, this is pretty well documented. But any time that we have ever reviewed a product. I will generally say this was sent to us. We received this for free, you know, or, or whatever. I will ask for things that I, that I'm interested in. Right. So if I'm interested in it, it's because I think it's probably a good product I want to see for myself right. and my general philosophy and, and, and Keith's, I mean, we agree on this is if something came to me and it was fucking dog shit that you would never, ever, ever even consider dealing with 
I just wouldn't I wouldn't review it. I, I, I won't I won't destroy someone's company or, or badmouth someone. I like I just would send it back and say, I'm sorry we're not interested in, in reviewing this. Right. And I've had that happen. It happened with a holster manufacturer. They wanted to send me a holster and it long story short it was a little shady and I found out it was shady and I was like, I, I'm sorry I can't review this at this time. Yeah. Well, it, it, and here's where where the the like asterisk is there, which is look if something comes in because it, let's just you know, Glock has no idea who we are, and you know as sure. as they should not know who we are. But let's just say that Glock sent in their new Glock that came out right, and I was like, dude, this thing totally sucks ass. But they were nice, right? They sent it to us um, to review, and um, and I hate it. I would probably be respectful of the relationship and just say, Hey, look, you guys were cool with us. I hate this thing and I'm going to send it back to you. And we're going to all walk away from this. (laughs) If I buy something, right. Or if something was given to me, like recent example, we had one of our Patreon guys who sent us one of his personal guns. I mean, I have no issue saying this. It it was a 365, which I love. I've owned two of them. I carry them every day. A 365 Spectre comp, right? There's the caveat, the Spectre comp. And we took a big old shit on that gun. Now, that gun was not sent to us by SIG. It was sent to us by someone who who, who we know, right? Well, who, you say whatever you like. want, right? Say whatever you so want. Then. I'll say whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> you know, now here's the problem with it, right? Now we're going down the rabbit hole now. So you guys just tell me to shut up at any point. The, the problem inside of gun content and the quote influencer community is that very few people are willing to go there and, and actually say negative things about a product because what they're going to do is they're going to get blacklisted from that company. I know uh, I shouldn't say like there's an actual list and I know that we're on that list, but I know that like, look, we are shit canned from some companies. They will not deal with us. They, right. they simply will not. And there was a time when they had a communication with us and then they shut it down because we said something bad about the product. So yeah. the reason you don't hear many negative reviews or negative things said about products is because no one wants to shut down the supply chain of free gear that they're getting. Well, and it's, that's a, a problem. And, yeah. And it's especially tough to do that when maybe it's just one piece of gear from this company, but other things that that company makes are good, you know? Yeah. So that, that, that does become a little bit of a, a sticking point. I'm sure. I, I mean, it's as tough. of, as of now, we've been fortunate where the only times we've gotten a suspicion that something we're, isn't going to go right. We've been able to stop it. Well, mm-hmm. yeah. And I mean, I, so we, we do this thing called a live review. We yeah. have, we'll have a yeah. guest on. We'll review it with them on the show. Um, yeah, you and, guys did that with uh, Sig uh, with Tyler, didn't you? Josh. Oh, oh Josh. Well, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Josh. My bad. Yeah, well, because yeah. we didn't really review that because it was um, out of stock. It, at the time. It, we never, we didn't actually have the product. We just wanted to hear oh. about it. But okay. like we, we've done like stuff for like Flatline Fiberco and. We have a great relationship with them, but like we had them on for their, uh, what was it? The headphone wraps, yep. the ear wrap, ear pro wraps. And like, we liked them. We genuinely liked them. So we did review them and we said the things we liked about it. But I told them flat out, I said, your product is kind of, it's kind of expensive. And I said, for the casual shooter that goes out once a year, I don't think that your product is for that person. But for someone like us, that's on the range, you know, at least once a month, it's money well spent because it is comfortable and it does yep. serve a purpose. And I, and I, you know, outlined where I used it, but I mean, I flat out said what the things were that I thought could have been improved or whatnot. But it was, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's interesting to have them on the show with you to be able to give like sort of a rebuttal to some of the things that yeah. um, you, you might not like, which that's kind of the, 
the gist of why we do it that way. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, and and look, a smart company should understand in the gun industry. You should is want the most feedback. Incompetent industry in the world at, at marketing. Um, basically, all the this is an overly broad statement. That's my disclaimer. But all the gun company marketing directors should be fired. They're all horrible at their job because <laughs> it's like what they fail to understand is one. I told. I mean, me and Chris told this to companies when we're on the phone. Like. Look, if I say negative things about your product, it lends more credibility to the positive things that I say about it, right? right. Because people know that they're willing to go there. If yeah. there's a you know channel that only does positive reviews, well, it's all suspicious because I don't know what's true and what's not true because you never say anything that's that's not nice. So it's well, like you should welcome the the criticisms because it warrants the positives. It, they exactly they should want the feedback. They should want the honest feedback. I mean, we've done it with Will from Resurgent Arms. You Will, know. that's a good. So Will's. I mean, you know that we work with them. They're one of our sponsors. But Will, um, he has a safety that was designed for like New York compliance, basically for an AR, and. Uh-huh. I actually think it's a better safety for than all for, I just think yeah. it's a good safety. The way you can operate with your thumb, it's a better safety. But when I got it, uh, there was something about it. I don't remember exactly what it was that I was like, you know, Will, like I love it, but this is a problem. And he went, really? He goes, can we have a phone conversation? I said, of course. And we, we had a phone conversation and he said, I want your feedback. And he redesigned it. I don't want to say it was solely on my feedback, but it was part of my feedback was part of the redesign. Uh, And I was like, man, good on you for taking feedback and making a better product. Right. I mean, that's, Mm -hmm. that's what you should want. want. That's what they should want. So anyway, I, I just, I, I, your channel's great. And you know, I, I appreciate the fact that you guys are trying to do it the honest way. And I, and I hope that the companies do see that. So good, good job guys. I I think that we've seen, you know, I had a bit. I had a meeting with a local AR manufacturer down here in Phoenix called Blackout Defense, and um, shout out to them, I guess. But uh, you know, one of the biggest things that they said was, "Hey, we also know like you guys give feedback, positive, negative, indifferent. Like when you review this gun and you're shooting it and testing it, if there's anything we can improve or something you think that should not be there, please tell us. That yeah. doesn't mean we're going to listen or like change the product, but they're like, hey." Any and all feedback is appreciated. And dude, I might, I teared up, man, because just companies don't do that. And yeah. I was like, you guys are doing it right. You want the feedback. And they also, you know, in a roundabout way said, you know, in so many words, like, if your feedback is trash, then, you know, kick rocks. But you know what I'm saying? Like they, <laughs> yeah. they want well, they're confident open. enough about their, their product to know that it probably won't be that bad. But if there are things that are bad, maybe there are things that they can prove on. So that that's the right attitude that, that they should be having. So I, we talked a little bit about this, you know, as we were just kind of warming up before we started the recording, but, and I think I know what your answer is going to be, but what is the best state to, you know, to purchase property, for two A advocates, deep south. Oh, oh yeah. hang on. Chris, you, you, did you I say think... property? Is that what you said? Property? Well, no. property or or the best the best state to maybe to maybe buy, uh, you know, even buy a house in. Nowhere in the western half of the United States. <laughs> like <laughs> literally, you've got to go to like Alabama, Mississippi, Georgia, Oklahoma, places like that. Like okay. you have not to. Arizona. Google message. No, nope. not really. 
not really too expensive down here, my dudes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah okay. That's fair. Okay. It's too expensive, and it's like so. It, Georgia. Georgia's go good. Georgia's good. Where else? Anywhere in the bubble of the good? country. If you if you looked at the country in quadrants, right? You need the southeast quadrant of the of the country. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So Tennessee, yeah. I, 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 we, we have a mm-hmm. friend that moved to Tennessee who yeah. says that it's a different world down there. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. There you go. Right there. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of the Southeast. I hope somebody will retire there. Maybe someday. Okay. Yeah, so, so guys, where can people find you? I, I, I didn't think they were going to say that. I like that you just said you were wrong. Uh, well, don't, yeah, don't, <laughs> don't, isolate, don't, don't isolate that and give me a little, uh, you know, I'm going to get sound a sound bite. bite. Yeah. yeah. Um, so guys, where can people find you? I do have some stuff in the show notes, but uh, give it to us. Um, um, honestly, I think if you type in 1911 Seneca virtually, I, I mean, I think pretty we're the only 1911 quick. Seneca. <laughs> I like it. All right. All right. So guys, we do a, uh, a, uh, game show called run and gun and yeah. we time it and it's 10 questions, rapid fire. First thing that comes to your mind, we're going to go alternate. We're going to go alternate. All right, What's the time to be 46 seconds. 46 seconds is the time to be. All right. That's you guys ready? Quick. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Jake right. go first and then I'll go second. We'll alternate. Okay. Here we go. Number one, what is your favorite gun in your personal collection? Cabot Inversion. What gun would you buy if money was no object? Uh, MP7. Go. Oh, I get it. Okay, go, 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 go. I said it, MP7. Yes. If you have a drink with one person living or dead, who would it be? Jeremy Clarkson. Favorite caliber? Nine millimeter. Favorite hobby, not gun related? Whiskey. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Teleportation with anything I'm currently holding. All hell breaks loose. Is it better to be armed or trained? Trained. Is it better to be loved or feared? Loved. Rifle, pistol, or shotgun? Pistol. Rifle. You're in the the worst scenario imaginable. Who do you want to have your back other than your spouse? Um, For me, for me, it's Jake. I train with him the most. I'd be the most effective with him. Very, very close. If they didn't have that fumble in the beginning... 49.8 49.8 seconds. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> so close. Listen, we're going to have to cut this and redo it, okay? <laughs> I will we say this. I, I would I would actually feel bad, except you guys did lay out. You're going to go first. I'm going to go yeah, second. Yeah, I would have felt bad too, we but Jake just fucked it up. No, no, no. Hey, wait, wait, wait. We didn't fuck it up. You oh, fucked it up. Oh, you're going to pull that <laughs> card. Damn. Yes, you're the one that didn't understand the rules, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I go, what is this? Shit, damn it. I'm cutting you guys off. Let's mix it up. All right, on this episode of Let's Mix It Up, we are going to discuss buying and building a personal range. Before we get to that, Let's Mix It Up is brought to you by Onsite Firearms Training. They have an extensive course offering and teach classes across the country. You're guaranteed to find a course to meet your needs, so check them out and get trained by the same outfit that trains the gun experiment. All right, you guys are unmuted. You can talk again. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Dad. (laughs) Um, All right, so... I'm going to start this off by saying right on your website, on your FAQs, you talk about the idea that if you're going to basically buy property for your own personal range, that it's... Don't call you. Don't call you. <laughs> so so guys, if you're out there, don't yeah. call them. Uh, unless it's more than what? 200,000, 200, Jake? Yep. Yep. So don't call unless it's more than 200,000. And it's going to be a lot harder than you, you think. think to do it. So yep. let's let's put that on the table right off the bat. 
Um, one of the main reasons being is typically land deals, a lot of times you have to have a lot of cash in hand, correct? Yeah. Yeah. It's financing uh, land is yeah, very hard. Very hard. Difficult. It's a losing battle. Yep. Yep. I'm, I'm actually going through this currently with someone here in Arizona peripherally. It's, it's, it's in the beginning stages, but I, I mean, just the land. Okay. Let, let's say that's 200 grand or however much you want. Let's just say 50 grand. Okay. For like 30 acres outside of Phoenix, unincorporated, unimproved land. Right. Um, he then has to get it rezoned if he wants to shoot on it. The rezoning hearing is a $10,000 hearing that you will not wow. get that money back. Whether you get approved or denied, you lose wow. that 10 grand. Okay. Then depending on how the grant, how the land is located, where it's located, we may have to build a road into there, right. To meet certain yeah, requirements, infrastructure, guess who finances that. Okay. Right. Uh, you need a structure on there. Like you want to build a shoot house or something. You're financing that you want to build a house on it. You're paying for the land loan and the construction loan at the same time. So you're, you're making two mortgage payments at once, basically. So like, you know, there's so much to it. Then I just want to buy land to go shoot shit. You know, <laughs> um, we're talking like right at probably 900 grand to a million dollars to get this done on 30 acres. Wow. So that's a that's a brief overview of what it looks like. Now you you threw out some stuff there that it's funny because here in New York we were just talking about this. Yeah. I I you would not have to really rezone anything. It's just you're 500 feet away from another house. You basically can shoot. Yeah. So, oh, wow. so that gets tricky yeah. down here in Arizona because <laughs> that is true. We're allowed. We have uh, public lands here. You know, um, I can drive. 40 minutes in any direction and it's public land as far as you can go. Um, the problem is, is if it's on the outskirts, you know, if you want to buy like literally middle of the forest, that's different. But if it's on the outskirts of Phoenix, say, you know, 10 miles out, eventually that land is going to get developed. So they, yeah, right. It's almost like they're forcing you to start the process and then they'll play catch up once you know, subdivisions have built out that way, if that's yeah. a certain way to look at it. So for us here, I mean, one of the things that always goes through my head and Keith, you might have a process that, you know, when you kind of daydream about this stuff, but I always think like, if I could just find a lot that's not really usable for any other purpose, right? Like it's not, you know, it doesn't have good road frontage. It's maybe like, you know, somehow like landlocked in weird ways. Um, but we were talking about like topography, yep. right? So like if you have yeah. to build berms and you have to like money adds up quick, but my father had hunting property years ago. He had like 54 acres and um, the way that it was situated, like where we would shoot, like it just was like a giant, well, I don't want to call it a mountain, but it was basically a hill that just went up and up barrier. and up. It was a natural mm -hmm. berm. And you, you know, so if you could find the right property, this is for the listeners out there, it, it's more doable. But again, the financing part, Keith, you talk about it. Well, you, you like, and we, we've already said it, it's near damn impossible to finance land. Yeah. You know, the, yeah. it's, uh, it's not worth anything to anybody on undeveloped so, so i i feel a little buzzkilly here because there's people listening and they're like oh man i was getting all excited so let's just let's just have fun for a minute and let people daydream and yeah and let's let's yeah. uh suspend reality for a minute you have the cash you bought the land you got the cash you bought the land all right now let's talk about what we want to put on this motherfucker yeah so Which, so jake why don't you you haven't said yeah, too ahead. much on this why don't you take it away what would you want to build i would want some sort of interior structure where I could shoot 
which especially based on climate gives you a place to whether it's summer, winter, whatever it is, like I have some sort of shelter from heat, cold, whatever it may be. A shoot house would be fantastic. Like, I mean, that would be that would be the ultimate. I would love to have some ability to incorporate vehicles because I just look at it like, you know, from a practical application standpoint, in terms of the probability of threats that you as a CCW guy, for example, could wind up in your vehicle is a <laughs> one of the highest likelihoods where you wind up in a conflict. Right. So I'd like to incorporate something related to vehicles. So it's going to have to be relatively flat. Um, those are probably my two. I, and I would like to at least be, I don't need to shoot out to a mile. I don't give a shit about that. That's not the kind of shooting that I do. I need to be able to shoot out to like 300 yards. Yeah. 300 is a good number. I, and I agree with the vehicle part, but I would m- more want a garage for all my nice toys. <laughs> <laughs> that would be good. Yeah. I, uh, I, I saw something really cool the other day. It was, um, shipping containers, right. Yep. And they took mm-hmm. two shipping containers, net, like sort of like spread out a, a bit. And then like, that was like their storage. They kept all their target stands. They kept all their gear. Yep. And then going across the top of those two, spanning those two, they had a third one and it was cut out with like shooting bays so they could shoot from like elevated oh, level, cool. but they could shoot under it. So if it was raining, they could shoot underneath the, yeah, yeah. and I was like, that's a mm-hmm. pretty cool idea, you know? That's pretty, pretty inexpensive. I mean, you can, Relatively I, I'll, speaking. I'll tell you this, if you wanted to see almost the ultimate in ter- probably in terms of what I've personally seen and been to, the coolest thing that I've seen is from a, a company called Waft. It's West Orlando Firearms Training. And it's, I don't want to totally blow the guy's cover, but it's his facility is not that far from other properties. And he converted this patch of maybe five acres into a spectacular property. And he has this giant classroom where you get like 100 people in it. And, and one end of the classroom the doors just open up onto a hundred yard range. And this is in Florida, right? So you could literally shoot inside, whether it's raining, hot, whatever it is, the, that whole hundred room, hundred person classroom has sound dampening uh, like panels in it. So you could shoot in there, not blow out your ears. Like it's fantastic. Like if you wanted to see the actual ultimate in terms of what kind of a personal range could be, Waft is, that's the spot. How is he doing it on just six acres, though? That's crazy. I'm I'm making up the acreage. But the, no, it the, says the, I'm looking it up right now. It says six acre personal defense training facility. Damn. Okay, I was pretty you close were spot then. on. Um, it, it's um, I don't know how the hell he I, I, I don't know how the hell he did it. I mean, he has like some really really cool cool shit on there, and we put out maybe one or two videos from that facility. We we're at a, an event down there last year, but. Um, I don't know how the hell he's pulled it off. He's got shoot houses. He's got this interior classroom. He's got a helicopter landing pad. He's got, well, your answer is money. Uh, the, the answer is money. And you know, Oh he's, yeah, for sure. He's a dude who's done well. And this is his passion project, yeah. right? Like whatever Do you guys know, um, knockout is. lights, Mike Levy. Yeah. Like yeah. his, his facility is phenomenal, you know, like crazy, but yeah. he was an investment banker, right? Correct. Yes. He, he, and an end in law enforcement, right? So he, yeah, he's part-time SWAT. Yeah, he did very well for himself, but I mean, uh, mm-hmm. you know, his facility is phenomenal. So, yeah, I mean, bottom line is got to have the money. Got to have money. We, 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 I guess one other question from, from the real estate perspective on, on this conversation before we go too far. Um, 
I we bought the land, right? We had the cash for the land. Now, can you? Is it easier to get financing for the first structure or for things like that? Hell no. <laughs> really? Okay. You're yeah, still you're, screwed. Yeah, it's, I, I would have thought you could have got recreational a property. It's not residential. It's just recreational. Shit. Yeah, but I would have thought you could have gotten a construction loan for a, a nice shed, maybe with a loft to make it residential. You know, yeah. I don't know. Like I, I once maybe. read a thing about um, like this is more for like hunting land than it was for like what we're talking about. But I I think part of it is you have to really get creative. Um, you know, like the one thing that yes. I read about like hunting land was like, yo, you could like what do you want for hunting land? Well, you want corn, right? Cause corn brings deer on the property. So you mm-hmm. could like lease out the land to a farmer nearby. Mm-hmm. And you know, so I, I think you have to be creative. Um, my father, when he had the hunting property, they had a logging company uh, approach them and they were like, you know, we want to log your property. And they were like, you wait, you're going to pay us to clear trails that we can then ride quads through to get to the deer stand. That sounds like a really yeah. good deal for us. Right. So that worked out. And you know, they met guys that were local farmers that helped them out with things and got lucky, to be quite honest. They got, you know, they got lucky. So yep. I think you do have to sort of spin your wheels on how you could do things creatively. The problem yeah. that we run into as a business is you want me to go down that journey with you. Yeah, right. For, I want for you to hold what, my hand. 400 <laughs> for what, $400? Like, are you kidding me? Like, this is kind of an insult. Yeah. You can <laughs> like, keep the knife, like, okay? stop. You can just, yeah. you can keep the knife and we'll call it even. Yeah, no, <laughs> it makes total sense from your end why you wouldn't want to get involved in it, right? It, it yeah. just, you no, know, for a, a third, especially like, like, you know, we're talking about the money, if you have the cash in hand, you know, like a $80,000 plot of land, like you're not going to make anything on that. You know, it's, it's not worth it for you. Nothing. Literally a matter of hundreds of dollars. Like that's not worth a month of my time, three yeah. months of my time. Well, I guess I'll close it out. But I mean, man, I was hoping we'd have a really good discussion now i just feel depressed i can't buy property well you can you just gotta have the cash to buy it. <laughs> yeah no i'm just kidding i like i said i mean i think it's everyone's you know everyone that shoots wants it right it's just tough to get it yeah there's 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 lots of ways so, to get it. there we go anyway guys i i really want to thank you guys for coming on uh like i said i really enjoy the content and it was really fun hanging out with you uh the channel's great. The way you guys have coupled your passion for real estate and firearms is definitely one of the most unique things I've ever heard. So that's kind of kind of cool you're doing that. And really what for me what what that what's important with that is that it's normalizing gun ownership and discussing it as an everyday topic. And we've talked about that many times on the show and you're certainly doing that, right? Because you're actually taking like you said, I don't really give a shit attitude. This is what the way I want to do it. And you're making it a normal thing. So that's really, really uh, a good way to go about increasing gun ownership and second amendment rights and things like that. So good on you guys. And to everyone listening, we want to thank you again for taking time out of your day to tune into our show. You can find links in the show notes to all of our social media. So be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and discord so we can keep the conversation going. Guys, thank you so much for being on the show.